All right, hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Waiting to be Signed, the show where we discuss the week's events in generative art. My name is Will and I'm joined by Trinity. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of art on the blockchain. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is just for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter, or as it's now called X, at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week. Or for those who prefer a visual language, on Instagram at Waiting to Be Signed. And of course, if you are feeling generous, you can collect our weekly notes. They're going to be up on FX Text. They usually only cost you a couple of tes if you want to mint. They're a great way to follow along. And you can also donate directly to WTBS.tez or on ETH, WTBS.eth. Trinity hiatus is over. It's episode 78. It's Thursday night, August 3rd. What's going on? How was your month? It's just my month was nuts. Sounds like you have been working nonstop for like the last two and a half or three weeks. Just about three weeks. Yeah. Um, Back to work, you know, after having spent the last seven months off. And then my day, workday starts at 7.30, take a couple of hours off for dinner, and then back to it, wrapping up around 11 or 12. Jeez. Yeah. This is just because you got a new project landed. Yeah, new project, skeleton team, and then working with a lot of people over in India. And mm. so just making sure that we have time in the morning and the evening to sync and talk and have document sharing and, you know, all that really good stuff. It's fun. It's exciting. It's fun problems to solve. I'm just tired a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but you're going to bring a little bit of energy to this episode, I'm sure. It was an interesting break, I think, for us. We were very good early in the month at syncing and catching up on a lot of stuff. And I don't know if it's because we kind of exhausted all of our discussions or if it's just because we were like, let's just take a take a uh, nice break. But I feel like we worked some things out. We, we have some resolve on the show, right? Yeah. I think we definitely had some solid conversations at the start. We have so many freaking notes, who we are, what we want to do. You know, now at this point, it's just kind of aligning on that and hitting the go button to a certain extent. I found it was very restorative to take, you know, these four weeks. How do you feel? I agree. Definitely. It was nice to not have to be under the gun once or twice a week to get edits done and stuff like that. And one of the changes that we've decided to do is release the show on Monday to kind of give a little more time for those post-production things because it's, it's quite a sprint from recording on Friday morning to getting it out Sunday morning. Plus we used AI to tell us that actually releasing on the weekend might not be the best thing to do for a podcast. So we're going to try 2021. it on <laughs> no, Actually, I think I used Bard for that one. So it was connected to oh, the, the actual internet. Search. Yeah. So hopefully that's more up to date. We did release a couple interviews while we were out. Actually, well, yes, we did because I put the Harvey one out last weekend and we had Sasha Styles and Nathaniel Stern at the beginning of the month. We were supposed Supposed to maybe have another one that came out and maybe it did kind of accidentally come out for a few of you and then it got deleted that will hopefully go up an interview with ciphered soon hopefully you didn't miss the drought of content too much yeah and don't forget earlier this week we recorded that fun interview with zach lieberman yeah primarily focused around uh, his upcoming exhibition on verse i had to dip for the last part because you know screaming babies will keep <laughs> yeah. screaming unless you uh tend to them they like that, yeah. Yeah, you know, everything up to the last 10 minutes or so was really great, fun great <laughs> conversation. Yeah, no, it was really great to have Zach on, someone who we don't 
have too much occasion to talk about because he doesn't release that much work. Well, he releases a lot of work. It's just not long form generative work. Right. Not like big projects. He might release some like one of ones here and there. And we, we talked a little bit about that and had a great conversation about how he thinks about long form versus how he thinks about curation and just digging into who he is as an artist and the way he operates. So that's a good one. That will actually come out before this episode airs. So you may have heard it already. Hopefully you enjoy it. What happened to Wednesdays? What happened to Wednesdays is by Wednesday, that's going to be mid exhibit. So we got to get it out earlier. And plus, you know, now we're dropping this on Monday. Plus maybe, maybe we'll, we'll finally drop Cyphered this week. So it would have been a lot of content to come back with like three episodes in a row. I mean, that's pretty sick. You have to admit. It's pretty sick, but also it's overload. You know, we don't want to give people too much of a good thing. I feel like so much happened while we were gone, but also like not that much happened. I mean, yeah, (laughs) I think the big thing that happened that I have not really paid that much attention to, but is just dumb. Yeah. Twitter? What? Yeah. What? Do you (laughs) you know the backstory to this? It's like MySpace and SpaceX and X and... Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But all I know is uh, from having learned a little bit about Elon over the last couple of years that like going even back to his days at PayPal, he had this domain, like he's owned X.com for the longest time. He tried to get PayPal to switch to it and they wouldn't do it. And for whatever reason, for any of the businesses that he started, he didn't, didn't use the name. And so it's kind of been this thing that he's been trying to make a thing for a long time. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still call it Twitter and tweets. I don't see anyone talking about it as if- Aren't they still called tweets? They changed it to say post now instead of tweet. Oh, I mean, honestly, it's less flavor than tweet, but it's probably more straightforward. But, yeah. you know, I don't know. Flavor is fun. Flavor is what we had back in the web one world. Yeah. I mean, also like a 10 plus year long brand just being thrown away <laughs> is kind of awkward. And, you know, yeah. this this has a generative art tie in because Martin Grasser, I don't know if it was like his design firm at the time or a design firm he was working at. But he was one of the designers on the Twitter logo. And of course, he was the collaborator with Vera Molnar, whose project came out last week. The more you know. Interesting general tie in there. I know, right? You know, it's uh, one thing getting phased (laughs) out just in time for uh, another one to come in. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on social media. We're on Blue Sky. We're on Threads, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know if I I actually set that up. but. There doesn't seem to be a ton of stuff going on in those other places. Twitter still seems to be the thing. I don't have time to babysit three or four different social media platforms. So I think for us, unless there's a compelling reason to move, I don't know. I still get a lot of art-related tweets every day. So it seems like everyone's still here. <laughs> oh, so the algorithm still works, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Okay. I've definitely noticed, you know, maybe less so in the last couple of weeks, but before that engagement was way down. I don't know if that's like market things, I algorithm things. I never tracked it. Yeah, I never, oh, I look I never at looked it. at it. Okay. I'm just curious. <laughs> we could also just be bad at tweeting. Yeah, but you know, it's also trends over time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything just seems to be down, right? Like interest in the space seems down. I've seen a lot of discourse on this over the last month from various influencer types, some of which we might have on in the future, which would be really cool. We have a lot of things cooking on that front as far as potential guests. We have a lot of topics and trends. We have projects. We have, I'm sure, things that will emerge as we talk. It's been a while. So how do you feel about just running through these donations real quick, getting them out of the way? All right. So in reverse order then, Floorless.tez gifted us three Olympic Vortex and two Asunders and two Pensado Amano tickets, which will need to be divvied up before they get claimed. Yeah, they're uh, expiring in three days. 
or okay. two days. So yeah, I'll do, do that, that tonight then because I'm about to go to Montreal for the weekend. Oh wow! So <laughs> exhausting. Yes, we don't want those tickets to to go to waste. Thomas Noya gifted us one of his beautiful drops this week. TV MOIF, and earlier this month, Obi gifted us two circlines. So thank you so much. And also thank you so much to people who collected articles in between. <laughs> I think there was one. <laughs> you know what? It's always appreciated. Yeah, if it's, it's one or one million. Well, that was one of the things where I was like, you know what? If you just want to kill the articles, no one mints them. Feel free to kill them. Take it off your to-do list. Yeah. But you, you wanted to keep doing them. I don't have, Well, actually, I think the last time we talked about it, you hadn't started this new project. So now how are you feeling <laughs> about keeping the articles? I feel fine because I don't work on the weekends. That is a current boundary, and we have till Monday. That's true. That's you have an extra day, too. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, it would be great also to see, like, a triumphant return of people minting them and maybe going back and picking up some old ones, too, to, to show that people appreciate that and uh, also use the FX Hash platform, which is cool. Yeah. What, what's that? Yeah. More. <laughs> We're going to get in there, too. New release timing we already covered coming out on Monday. New opening track, which you have already heard from Pixel Wank, who also composed our current ending theme. So we got Pixel Wank on each end here. Something a little more chill, maybe a little more professional. You know, we heard from someone that maybe they weren't such a fan of the theme song. We should try something new. So we welcome your feedback for and against this swap. We got a new collab going potentially. Potentially, yes. You know, also just like shout out to Sunset Dancers and that former intro music by the gas station, you kept us running for over a year. Well, over a year, it was a very serendipitous find at the time. I think that project came out. We were like, this is such a bop. Everyone was loving it in price discussion. Got in the DMs real quick. Hey, can you send me the file? Is it okay to use this? And we did for over a year. And I think it became a little iconic. Hopefully we're not doing a Twitter X rebrand to ourselves here by changing it. Well, we didn't change our name. so <laughs> That was also kind of up for discussion, but not really yet. That would have been a little too much on the nose. I was thinking, yeah. you know, is there a podcast called Generative Art? I don't know if there is a podcast called Just Generative Art, but I was looking at a name I came up with and I was like, oh, this makes sense. It would be Art on Blockchain. And not only is that Snowfro's Twitter handle, but also there was like a short run show back in 2018 ah. called Art on Blockchain. So I wasn't sure what the legality or hurdles might be to gotcha. trying to get that name. Because okay. that would be appropriate for sure, don't yeah, you think? definitely. And there is a podcast called Generative Art. It had about nine episodes and ended in 2021. Did they get Harvey Rayner on? or They got Matt Delorier on. Oh, wow. Okay. So there we go. All right. Good for that. And I'm sure some people who are very famous in the creative coding world, but people who have not released Meridian. So I don't know <laughs> them <Right>. very well. <laughs> Did they get Dan Schiffman, the code train, coding train? No, they didn't. I have tried so many backdoor ways to get a message to him. It's really hard. You just got to go to NYU, man. Pick up some grad school classes. We know someone who teaches at NYU you, from way back in our first job days, someone we kind of worked with tangentially. Oh. And I texted them and I was like, hey, can you like, actually, and I know someone else too, professionally who works there. And I texted both of them and I was like, can you get me in touch with Schiffman? And they were like, I don't see him in the directory here. So I don't know. He's he's elusive. If you are out there listening and you can get us in touch with Schiffman to see if he wants to come on the show, hook it up. All right, Trinity Platform Roundup. It's been a yeah. month. We haven't talked about any of this stuff. Where do you want to start? What is interesting to you? I mean, I think let's just talk about the number of open or semi-open platforms that are just out there. Okay, let's Alba, talk about it. <laughs> 256, Prohibition, 
Then there's like these other things popping up like Hodlers and 8Nap from Collector's Corner is starting his own platform too. I mean, it's just a bonanza. And I think the other thing is just tracking is not just all the platforms, but like how many there are and how many are coming out right now, like very similar value propositions across all of them. Yeah, for sure. Generative art for everybody. The first open market on Ethereum, you know, and sure you might be one <laughs> Actually, of those I don't things. think we have a truly open site on Ethereum yet. Verse is obviously not open. Prohibition is at this point. It's not L1 Ethereum. It's oh, that's arbitrary, true. Right? You still pay in Ethereum. You still pay in Ethereum that's been bridged. There's like that cachet, right? That L1 currency. I think that's the bet, right? Yeah. By launching an Arbitrum that lets you use ETH as the currency. The issue is you still have to bridge it. So that's barrier there. A lot of the stuff, majority of the stuff on Prohibition hasn't minted out, which is actually makes sense, right? Because the majority of stuff on FX hash hasn't minted out because there's just so many random projects that go up day to day. But, you know, there's some big names like Lauren Bednar hasn't minted out, who's kind of a staple on FX hash. Staple on FX hash and who's had multiple art blocks drops, but asking 0.25 ETH, which is like... That's a lot of money right now. That's like Artblocks curated money. Honestly, yeah. an above average performance of Artblocks curated right now yeah. would be to mint out at 0.25. So it was only 100 editions, I think, but still, it's quite a lot. To me, the most interesting thing is that Prohibition is on Arbitrum. They don't have those gas issues, but all the artists still seem anchored on this like 0.01 or above when I kind of felt like the whole purpose of being on Arbitrum and transacting more freely at a lower cost would allow some of these artists who maybe don't want to use Tezos, who want the security of ETH or for whatever reason, to actually bring their prices down below that 0.01 range. And they really haven't. It's kind of interesting as we see more people trying to get 0.02, 0.03 or more for these drops, getting like a couple mints and then that's it. I think that that part of that story though is that, you know, we're not in hot market, not just a hot market of like things are running and like things are going bananas, but I feel like the velocity of the conversation around generative art is incredibly low right now. Definitely. From the point of view of somebody who's not looked at a single thing for three weeks, you know, confirmation bias, right? <laughs> but it feels slow. Like I check Discord on my phone and I'll see, oh, price discussion has had 10 posts since you checked last night. Yep. It just feels that the interest isn't quite as there as it was. And when things are of low interest, you know, minting becomes such a like a lower value proposition. And I think that going back to some of the first conversation we had way last year around the different phases and like what are collectors doing, what are flippers doing? And I don't know. It's like well, minting the unless you are love definitely it. Gone. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the but flippers like, are like long minting even gone. in and of itself, it feels like a less exciting thing to do because we've also just consumed an extra year and a half of art. Yeah, big agree. I think it's like so many different factors. I think it's just the market is down. The flippers are gone. I think we have to admit that probably flippers and extremely short-term holders were making up an outsized amount of the volume on these projects. We had an art block security drop this week that, that, that took over a day to mint out at the bottom tier, which wasn't even that expensive. It was like 0.12. I think there's also like a maturation of taste and scrutiny 100 collectors too i think you see that a lot on prohibition here i mean there's a lot of projects here that if i i think if they had been minted on fx hash also would not have minted out but clearly the artists were like posting them here hoping that there might be some of that like day one frenzy 
that's yeah. kind of like my read on it. It might be a little uncharitable, but based on some of the stuff that's here, yeah, I don't know why you think you can get 50 bucks or 100 bucks for that. Just knowing what we've seen from FX Hash for the last year and a half. Right? Yeah. I think like this sort of trend, assuming it, it stays as like a longer term trend going into next year. When is the Bitcoin having? 2026? No, I think it's the first half of 2024. Okay. I don't know the like, exact date, but so there could be some more interest in you know the world of blockchain after that. Obviously, everybody's super hyped on generative AI, but I think that we'll see a lot of people leave. But I also think that we'll see the people that stay are in it to win it. It'll be the hardcore people who are truly passionate about the space that will continue to pay attention. I think that that will be good for the art as a whole. I hope so. I think it's disappointing or it feels bearish to us all to see how little stuff is getting posted on FX hash now. It's really down to just a handful of artists who seem to be putting up quick projects every day or two. And then every now and then we'll get someone like Noya or Landlines or... Oh, we had W. Blute today. W. Blute today. I haven't even checked to see how that one did. It is 29 minted out of 128. Okay. I mean, that sounds probably right given where the market is you know it's just yeah. so so difficult right now but yeah i mean also on prohibition right there's actually not that much stuff up on there given that it's been open now for three weeks it seems to be fully functional i think you're right i think a lot of people have just maybe realized the bonanza's gone you have to be really putting your best stuff out there or else you're not going to get minted out and i mean we used to talk about this a lot but like that kind of like reputational thing of you're putting up a bunch of work, it's not minting out. Even if you start making good stuff, people might be really reticent to even pay attention to it. Yeah. It's a really hard transition to make. You know, maybe it'll lead to some more of that separation between people who identify as artists first and foremost as like a primary or secondary identity mm -hmm. versus people who are really passionate and excited about the space. But, you know, it's not necessarily their lifeblood, if you know what I mean. A lot of people, you know, they're pretty infrequent with their releases a couple of times a year, you know, and we saw that with Shiv and Boulder. Obviously, Shiv and Boulder's had a lot of other things going on in life, but from a release perspective, is like incredibly careful and kind of eats, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's actually been quite a while since we've seen a, a long-form Zancan project, right? Since the bright moments, which is maybe not that long. It's like three months now, but still, it feels like a long time. It's been a really long time since we've seen a pan drop, although we know the verse solos is coming up in October. So there are still deliberate artists out there taking their time and being strategic with releases. So one other thing I wanted to ask you on Prohibition here, because you do a lot of user experience and UI-related stuff, right, professionally. Mm -hmm. I feel like you'd be a good person to speak on this. They're offering you a free $10 in ETH if you bridge ETH over to Arbitrum through their site. And this was a limited offer that they started at launch for the first 1,000 wallets. And just the other day, they were like retweeting it. <laughs> so to me, it's kind of like, wow, the fact that they couldn't get 1,000 wallets to bridge, I guess kind of I mean, intuitively, I knew this, but like, is it really the case there's like less than 1,000 people in the whole ecosystem? What's the so gas kind of, cost to bridge though? Yeah, that's true. That's one part that I was thinking about was like, does that not even cover the bridging costs? Like, if you're not making anything, it's just a subsidy, I guess, to help a little bit. But I don't know. I just thought it's kind of weird that they've had this promotion going and it's like a, a free money type thing. Like, come check yeah, us out. Yeah, it is really weird. It doesn't no, I seem think to be that, converted um, if they're still plugging it. It's not really anywhere on their site. You have to go to that subdomain 
bridge.prohibition.art. Just wanted to get your take on like, what do you think the uptake on this type of thing would be? A, it needs to be more. Okay. <laughs> you, you know, because it's, you know, even Tezos Foundation, it was five tests for creating a wallet. You didn't even have to do anything. You just needed to make a wallet. You had to make a wallet and show that you had spent on gas, yeah. on gas recently. Yeah. I don't know. I was just wondering if that was maybe part of it too, because it is a barrier. It's not so simple. They don't have credit card transactions or anything else enabled. So the only way to buy from the platform is to convert your ETH and then be interested in something available. Any other platform stuff that stood out to you, non-prohibition? I think that we have to always talk about Verse. You know, the more that we see about what Verse is doing and the further into like this down market that we're getting, I think the more I'm really just all in and fully believing that Verse would be the one to survive. It would be between Verse and Art Blocks, I would say, if we had to get into a fight. Mm. The Web 2.5 component of it, the USD denomination, the multitude of payment options, the self-custody thing, which is abhorrent to blockchain enthusiasts, but honestly, from a human perspective, amazing. And the fact that they just have amazing stuff coming out. The offerings that Verse has is better than Artbox, like full stop. Yeah, I think so. I will say it's a little apples to oranges because of like the on-chain versus, I, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff on FX Hash that looks better than Artbox too, but I think a lot of that reason has to do with that there's like a cost element to posting and mm-hmm. there's this on-chain thing. They can't use libraries as easily, so. That's a choice. Artblocks yeah. could easily say like, well, we're doing things off-chain now. Pinning to IPFS or something. Exactly. Yeah. But so I think that comparison becomes a little difficult, but I do agree. The artists that they're choosing to highlight, the work that they're getting, obviously the solos exhibitions. Like I was a little shaken on the Richard Nadler thing. It was like 128 pieces at a thousand bucks. It was a an auction. Right, right. But it And that's just what so it ended high. up being at. And then yeah. the, the secondary action after it was just insane. I thought it was gonna go really low, just thinking that the market would be I mean, not not like low, like under hundred dollars, but I certainly didn't expect it to go to a thousand. And now to have a highest sale of sixty five hundred and a floor of over five thousand, it's just crazy the effect that Verse is having right now. And I also feel like a lot of people aren't paying attention to it. Like I listened to like a lot of other stuff, and no one seems to really talk about this. I mean, I would say that people that are at least in Tender Discord to a certain extent, FX Hash Discord. There's a lot of conversation around it there, maybe not from a media perspective, but they seem to be so successful and be doing everything right. Big agreement there. I thought I was going to come on the show today and be talking about like, I got a Linnea, like they had, they had 10 more Linneas released today for like a hundred something. I was at work. I had my credit card all ready to go. And literally I refreshed at one o'clock Eastern when it went live and it was just like gone. Yeah. I think people were watching the watching something. They knew how to get to something that I couldn't get to because I never even got a chance to click mint on it. It was gone so fast. And none of them are even for sale right now. I think Lamond bought up two of them on the secondary and there's like none even listed. So say la vie. Yeah. Honestly, looking through it, the Geese and Vanetti works, they're still available. Some of the um, physical But they're like $18,000 yeah. and yeah, the physical yeah. pieces. All the digital stuff is sold out. Yeah, I guess I'm not surprised. I would have been pretty amazed if that stuff had sold within the first hour or so of it going live those are big purchases that you have to really think about also like how am i going to care for and maintain this thing yeah one of the advantages of owning your art digitally i guess what else like alba released a few more things lisa earth came out today it's kind of struggling to find 
it's way towards 250. It's only got like a dozen or so mints right now. Mm-hmm. Some of the projects they released over the month also struggled, but they're making their way into a new exhibition this week. A lot of landscapey stuff, not for me, but definitely there's an audience for that. So I guess we'll see for next week's episode how that stuff performs. And some great artists coming in. Kira Zero, Mark Ludgate, Alexandra. Yeah. Crancarta, <laughs> Kali, you know, all people that we know and love from more of the FX hash realm. Yeah. And kind of a moody solo C piece as well. I think that's from the artist that collaborated with Rich Poole for that charity piece, that like Dune and Monolith piece they mm-hmm. released like six months or so ago. We'll watch out for that stuff for next next episode. Not really anything to talk about with 256. Uh, you know, the eight nap thing is not started yet. I'm not sure what's going on with hodlers. So I don't know. It's been pretty quiet. And FX hash is pretty quiet. We only have a couple of things to talk about here. Did you clock this Jackson Pollock NFT thing? Does that interest you at all? Um, in talking I about? I heard about it. <laughs> what's the story here? It's taking up pieces of Jackson Pollock's floor. I don't even think they're physically taking them. They're taking pictures of them, just making them into NFTs. I think they actually sold already or they did a pre-sale on some. I saw some big influencers, like 100K plus or 50K plus followers who had gotten in on the pre-sale then talking about how transcendent this is. But everyone who we've kind of heard from who actually is like art world first thinks it's pretty bad. (laughs) Uh, In poor taste, perhaps. Cash grabby. Cash grabby. You know, it's the foundation. He's dead. It could be supporting, you know, a wider family or whatever so maybe the you know the money will be put to good use but but the thing i have to say to, to that is that on the blockchain so many things are cash grabby and you know slightly gross and yeah that that's my take <laughs> <laughs> i haven't read through all the materials here but this is a new platform called iconic i think iconicmoments.co so this could be the type of thing that they're trying to do perhaps like bridging real world artist collectibles type things. Cause you know, these aren't like works that he actually made or intended to be viewed or exhibited. So that was an interesting distinction I saw from a lot of people, which is like, these are not Jackson Pollock artworks or Jackson Pollock collectibles. Hmm. So be kind of careful buying them. I'm not even sure if they're all sold out to be well, honest. Iconic is the recipient of the 2022 United Nations world summit award for innovation in cultural and tourism. Wow. Partners include the White House Historical Association, the Hip Hop Museum, and the Jackson Pollock Studio, and the Women's Suffrage National Monument Foundation. So assuming that all of that is valid and true, then yeah, big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. This is the first one, I guess. We'll see what the suffrage one looks like. I wonder what they'll put on chain for that. Anyway, it's kind of a weird one. I don't think people really cared about that much. I also put this like Tez ETH L2 roll-up thing and MetaMask integration on here, but I honestly haven't tried the MetaMask thing. Apparently you can now do some bridging on MetaMask and we need to get someone on from the foundation or from Trilitech who can tell us about what is going on with this like Tez ETH compatibility stuff. It sounds fascinating. It definitely does. I haven't heard about anybody talk about actually using MetaMask to do any sort of transacting or bridging. I think that a lot of the people in this ecosystem are very well used to using Kukai and Temple for the most part. Yep. Obviously, I assume that most people use MetaMask or many people use MetaMask for any transactions that they have on ETH or Solana. That was a joke. Don't forget about Avalanche. Oh, Avalanche. Yes, I need to check <laughs> all of my... Um, what is that? Wonderland over on Avalanche? 
uh, yeah, Wonderland, and then they bridged Ohm over to it eventually because of transaction fees on ETH. Anyway, it would be interesting to see if this actually gets more people to go over. First of all, putting a, an ability to like use Tez in some way or wrap your ETH onto Tez or whatever it is into MetaMask seems like a big move because it's just also just like exposure. Mm-hmm. From the Tez, the, the tweet I put in the notes here from July 19th, Etherlink is this Tezos feature. It's an EVM compatible L2 solution on Tezos. The thing I don't know is like what implication does this have for stuff that's currently in existence on ETH, like DeFi? Does mm-hmm. that mean that they could now use Tezos as a L2 solution for that if they wanted to or add that as a feature? Or is it, is it only going to be new stuff and new applications built? So that, that's what I want to find out. I want to talk to someone and figure out what this all means. I'm just reading through some of the, the replies to that thread just to find replies that are not just eyeball emojis and rocket mm-hmm. ship emojis. We'll get there. There's people out there who know. There's actually, uh, I haven't talked to you about this, but you, in the Twitter DMs, there's someone who reached out that we might want to do an episode with that might be able to talk about this. So maybe it will come up sooner rather than later on the show. Do you want to do the market real quick? Because we were talking about this before we started recording and yeah. we had come up with a slightly bullish interpretation of it, maybe. <laughs> the numbers are bullish, but you know, I think trying to understand the numbers behind it. You know, just for full reference, our last podcast a month ago, we did the quarterly update. So not necessarily the monthly update, but we did pull those numbers in. For the large part, projects are pretty flat. Tez is up 6.5%, which actually is really surprising to me to see when I checked that price this afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured it just, you know, out of sight, out of mind, going down, right? Right. We have not registered an up month in Tezo since March. It's kind of been sliding from above a dollar since then. So it's kind of nice to see it go up. But yeah, please continue. <laughs> yeah. Total index is down 6.5%. Tez turns about even in USD, down a little bit. But there's some projects that have done incredibly well, most notably Ethereal Microcosm, which has jumped up by 60% in test terms, 70% in USD terms. Huge. And Uninhabitable, which jumped up by 63% in test terms and 73% in USD terms. And these were runs I, frankly, I missed. They weren't that big. I mean, they were cases of, I think it was only like, two or three ethereal microcosms getting bought and same for uninhabitable i think it was i think that one was almost entirely off the backs of the random if i'm not mistaken and then maybe some other people did so the last time we checked in there were 50 listed now that's down to 42 ethereal microcosm had 36 previously and it's now only 35 so it's like there weren't that many that moved but it was a huge move up pretty impressive you know not that many things that are down significantly the biggest quote unquote losers are Asekia, which is down 20%. And Garden Monoliths. Garden Monoliths down 18.5%. But obviously, that's more than outweighed by the huge increases in Ethereal Microcosm and Uninhabitable. And we should note for Garden Monoliths so that Tez floor right now is at 11,400. There was one bought on offer this week for 6,000 Tez. So that floor might be higher than where actually like the bid and ask are meeting. And when we were talking, you, you were looking at the percent listed kind of continuing to creep down, which is generally a good sign, right? I think it's a good sign. I I feel like it has to be, or I would hope it's a leading indicator towards things getting better. We had noted that last episode, I think, when we were doing the quarterly. It was the first time we had seen a nice step down in percent listed. Yeah. And here we are this month with basically prices tracking to the movement in Tez, so virtually flat in the last 30-ish days. 
but we've seen some pieces come off the market. So that's exactly what you're talking about. These pieces coming off the market, 30 pieces on the index out of those 10 of them have remained completely flat in test terms. It implies that neither bought nor sold and not listed. I feel like that percent listed going down is solely a byproduct of people purchasing pieces and that it means that people aren't online <laughs> and people <laughs> to, to aren't list. listing. <laughs> yeah. That's what I see this as. But but that could lead to a perception change in the market, right? And if things start feeling tighter and tighter on the supply side and we start seeing prices go up, I don't know that we're going to see people necessarily rush to list because Tez is still very cheap. For a lot of people, unless you were here minting in that first two months, their cost bases on these projects are probably above what the current prices are now. Even though we've had this flat month, we're still basically at the bottom of where we've been since we started tracking the index. So I would expect a lot of people to still be underwater and wanting to hold. You know, Obviously, we've seen people capitulate and just sell and take their losses. But if you're still holding now, you're probably waiting until things turn around. Or you're just holding long term. Maybe you've just resolved that you like the stuff you have and you don't want to get rid of it. It feels positive. You know, We're seeing green. There's less stuff on the market. Green. It was a nice surprise. I was almost like, let's not even do this this month. Let's stop doing this because it's just always bad news. But it felt feels good. Maybe we'll feel differently next month. I just think that that 33% being flat, I think that's just such an interesting thing that we haven't seen before. Yeah. It's very rare that we see prices not move or floor prices not move at all. It's been quiet. And this is something that we've talked to Cyphered about a little bit in the interview that will hopefully be coming up soon. You know, towards the end, it was like, what's the plan? Like, how do we think about the next bear market and fortifying FX hash or just a platform in general, right? To make it through because- if a third of these projects haven't moved at all, that means FX Hash hasn't collected any fees on those transactions, right? That's fair. So look forward to that conversation in that episode. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the ETH thing does. We're still a ways from that, but it yeah. will be interesting, I think, in the light of what's going on with all these ETH platforms. You know, there was a uh, FX fam this Monday digging deeper into the FX Hash 2.0 announcement and all the features. And there's not going to be an L2, right? So they're going to be subject to the same gas and stuff. You know, I think Cypher is confident that the contract that they're making is going to be more efficient and hopefully gas won't be as big of a thing, but it's still going to be bigger than it is on Tez. So we'll see what that does to like pricing. Yeah. All right. Art Trinity, did you mint or buy anything <laughs> in this last month? Yes. I minted my Thomas Noah piece. Okay. Same, same. And I had one other reserve that I minted. But that was it. No secondary pickups, no anything. No. Did you pick up anything on secondary? I got in on primary. This was just a opportunistic Twitter thing. I was just on Twitter and Ganbrood tweeted new addition to work on object. The piece is called pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Very classic Ganbrood neon psychedelic colors and super trippy. It was like a hundred tests. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get this. I don't have anything from Ganbrood. And looks like it was good. The price now is 375 and for a while, yeah. there were people bidding in the 300s on it. <clears throat> it's calmed down since then, but... It doesn't look like there are any offers right now. Yeah, I haven't seen any in, in a minute on my... Uh, I don't even remember what it's called because I don't see the crypto noises. <laughs> but still, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this and see what owning a Gambrood feels like and feels cool. It's a cool piece. What do you think? I think it's it's very cool. And I love Gambrood's style. I think it's incredibly recognizable. And enjoyable. You know, I know that you're less into that generative AI art than I am. Yeah. But I think it's such a fascinating space. I really do. 
I'm willing to be convinced. I need to do more work getting convinced on it. We need to have some more AI people on. The only other stuff I've been buying over this last month, and it's really been in this last week or so, is like cheap stuff from projects I like on FX Hash that are in landscape format. Not landscapes themselves, but in like you that did have ratio. a very big pickup this month. Did I? What was it? In terms of a screen. Oh, okay. I that was like, was I'm looking up. through my history. Yes. Well, what happened was it was like Prime Day, and my wife has been wanting to get a TV or a screen or something, and, and we've been putting it off. And finally, the price was good, so we bought a Samsung frame. <laughs> Sorry, I did not pick up on what you were because we don't have the cameras on, so I couldn't see your uh, facial cues to tell me <laughs> the the timing and the humor of what you were doing. But yes, we got a frame. I'm slowly learning how to use it. It's quite a slog getting art over to it, but I'm getting it there bit by bit. But I decided to go back and like look at stuff that would fit better because it doesn't like really you you can't stretch something that's in portrait like a tick mm-hmm. nicely unless you do like a really big cropping on it. And like I didn't really want to do that. I didn't want to just see the middle third. To me, that seems to be the hardest sell with some of these screens. I was talking to Jerez about it and apparently they have a more premium model where the mount behind it swivels so you can rotate it. But that was not the one that was on offer <laughs> for the Prime Day sale. Actually, I'm looking through my history. I didn't buy that much, but the thing that I did get was like two sparks of creativity, if you remember that project. Oh, is that um, Tidally Distar? No, it's by Exploratory, who was the alt account for, I don't think it was Florian, but it was for like another artist that was releasing work around that time that was doing well. And then I remember we had, in the episode, we had looked it up through the Dissom Wallet snooping. It's like got a lot of that like green and blue highlighter type coloring on it. Lisa Orth was going really hard on it at the time. It's come down so much in price. The floor is like six Tez from, I think, a high of like 40 or 50 at one point. Wow. And it beautifully fills almost the entire frame. So I just picked up two for five Tez. Oh, yeah, this project. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun, right? So that's kind of it. Like I'm just experimenting with like what looks good there and having a lot of fun and taking some pictures and posting them. So is having a TV and having a place to display your art, is it something you would recommend to the people? Yeah, especially if you have a toddler. <laughs> the TV has been great just in the in the morning and evening when we're like both doing chores mm-hmm. to be able to get her to sit on the couch and watch uh, Miss Rachel, who if you haven't found Miss Rachel yet, you'll find her soon. I have no idea who or what a Miss Rachel is. Miss Rachel is like the premier child educator YouTube content for babies and toddlers. You'll like it. It's got big Sarah Lawrence graduate project vibes. All right. I'll add it to the notes. We will all watch Miss Rachel. So it's, it's great, actually, because we've been for the last 10 years, we've been watching stuff on like a small MacBook screen. <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's like, wow, this show looks really good on uh, the big TV. And also the art looks really good. So I'll be and sharing more. Football season will look really good, too. Maybe this will be a reason to get back into fantasy this year. FX hash is down. Let's get back into fantasy football. <laughs> I put two projects here in the top five. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that was like seemed worthy of a top five? Should we put like interference up there? I wasn't going to put it up there, but it actually did pretty well. Out of all of these things, maybe the Noia. It's still available for Mint. I was going to put it in the Mint. Oh, we can still talk about it. I don't know. Did you have strong feelings about like monospatial from prohibition before we do it i just want to see if you want to throw anything up there no interest from anything from prohibition or alba no let's just go with what we have let's talk about the big one let's talk about vera molnar 
So the project is called Themes and Variations. This is the Vera Monarch in collaboration with Martin Grasser, released on Sotheby's, right? Yes. Sotheby's Verse platform or whatever it's called. Another platform with Verse in its name, I think. Metaverse. Yeah. It went down to the bottom of the Dutch auction. 0.075. You know, I think when we were talking about this in Tender at that point, what was the original bottom? One ETH? I thought it went out around one ETH. So okay. maybe it didn't I was go trying to remember the what the original bottom tier was. Maybe they had lowered it to 0.75 or 0.5 or something. They I definitely do remember did that, that at some point. It. Yeah. The floor right now is basically four ETH. So a big surge in these after release. Still, as far as ETH goes and big ETH releases, 14% listed is still is actually pretty high. So I don't know, maybe this the floor can go down from here, but I don't know. What was your impression of it? And now that you've seen the outputs. Like, what's your feeling on the project in general? I think it's pretty stunning, to be honest. You know, looking at generative art from the 20th century, right, where it is more simplistic in terms of its use of rotation and shapes, I think that this is very much in line with that. And so it nails the aesthetic perfectly. And I think that the use of size, dimension, color is stellar. Yeah. It's probably the most fun retro thing I've seen for a very long time. Were you at all like thinking if this gets down to one ether below that you might try to mint or was it just too expensive? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where if it came with a physical, then yes. You would have considered it, yeah. Yeah, but just like looking through the outputs, I think it's a ton of fun. It's definitely a ton of fun. There's definitely some where... I'm like, oh my God, that's so fantastic. And there's some like number 117, which is just a blue tea on a blue background where I'm like, I get it. It's 500 editions. That one makes a ton of sense in the spirit of the collection. But if I had paid an ETH, I'd kind of be like, that's a weird one to get. You know, you'd have to really do a lot of explaining to someone when you're like, this is the coolest NFT I own. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, 117 does kind of stand out as slightly weird in you know, the grand scheme of things. But looking at 150, for example, which is a giant sideways N, it's the dimensions and it's like as a letter, it's so dissonant and gets so pleasing to look at. Yeah. You know, it's like amazing graphic design. Definitely. And some of the and when the colors are good, the colors are really good. It's a great project. And none of the colors are bad, right? I don't think so. I actually haven't done like a full assessment of all the palettes. There's sixty six of them. So hard to say if any of them are bad, but we talked with Zach a little bit about this project in the interview and just how cool it is to be like, you know, Vera Molnar is like over 90 years old. She curated these outputs. So beyond it being this collaboration, she did that additional like step of like curating these things. It does feel really, really special. And I'm sure everyone who owns these are like really, really happy. I assumed it was going to go out higher after our conversation and this auction happened while I was away. I would have probably pulled the trigger if I had been in the house, like ready to do it at the one ETH mark to get one of these. I was ready to go, but unfortunately I just didn't plan my day right and could not mint. I think it'll be a while before we see something cool like this again. Yeah. This is such an amazing project, but also so simple. Like so, so simple. I don't think I could make it, you know, it's like <laughs> not that simple, but right. But some of them mm-hmm. were just like the letter N floating in space. Yep. I think this is a really special project. It might come down a little bit, but I feel like too many serious collectors are on this project and probably watching it that I don't know that there's going to be an opportunity for myself personally to ever get in at these prices. Also happy to see 
that they were able to get like over 500 ETH, <laughs> like in liquidity plus more on the secondary. So there, it does show that there is like that quality will drive yeah. volume even in a market as bad as the one we're in right now. It's uh, the maturity of the collectors at this point. People are willing to invest in certain things, but taking those random flyers uh, is going to be less less of a thing. On the other side of it, a project that I thought was like super high quality and I was very excited about Gumbo by Matthias Isaacson on Artblocks Curated. And we've seen a lot of these over the last months being previewed. Kind of like the tell that something is going to be on Artblocks in some form is when the artist is just tweeting out of context like images but not saying anything about it, it seems. Mm-hmm. And that's what's, what was happening with like perk work <clears throat> with the harvest, right? Like for a year, we were just seeing these and yeah, kind of so, same it was for this so one. long. Yeah. And this to me is just like a super cool, colorful Peter Pasma piece. You know? Yeah, I definitely clocked that right away. It's using a lot of the same math and stuff. I think it actually is a sign distance function. I saw someone saying in Tender Discord. So a lot of uh, relation there. But then just the execution is so different from the way I think Peter might do it. Being kind of like flattened into more of this like 2D thing and you're getting all of this action and mm-hmm. just cool pops of color coming I'm sure off it's of it. way less performative and way less efficient in num- number of characters. Right. <laughs> That's... Too. Speaking of the code as art. I don't know that much about Matthias. Maybe he's also a wizard with this stuff, but this one was super cool. And then to me, the surprise was, so this is the one that minted out at 1.03 ETH, but then quickly crashed down. So it was kind of like, even though earlier we were saying the flippers are gone, like this one crashed to like under half an ETH on the secondary. I think a lot of people saw this and they were thinking it might do something similar to the harvest and be a big winner from secondary action. And it just seemed like everyone who wanted to mint it got it. And there wasn't enough demand to kind of fill that gap of everyone who was trying to flip. So I don't know, personally, I think this project is super cool. I'm wishing that they were in landscape. <laughs> if there was an option for landscape. Just rotate it. To see how they look on, yeah. Actually, these probably would look just pretty rotated. good rotated. Yeah, but you know what? I'm so bad at doing that stuff on the computer now. I feel like my computer skills have regressed, like as I've gotten closer to forty. So I will rotate it for you and send it to okay. you. Okay, yeah, do that. This has had me thinking. Like, I'm gonna watch this and see if the floor gets even lower in the future because I would love to, to own one of four. these. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, what was your impression of this? Do you think it was? cool were you surprised i'm sure you didn't track like all this action but hearing it from me like aren't you kind of surprised that it fell over 50 percent? i think that depending on where the bottom tier was i think that's something that always kind of comes to mind like it minted mm. out well above the resting price and so i think when there's that flurry of action to me that does typically symbolize flippers getting in and not necessarily collectors i think to me though the surprise is that even though flippers came in on it, just like to my taste and to my eye, the quality on this one, like if I had the ETH, I'd be trying to flip it. It seems like such a slam dunk. Yeah. And that's the thing is if you're trying to do a thing, you can assume that everybody else is trying to do that same thing. And therefore you should right. not do that thing. Every single time I've tried to flip something, it's you know blown up in my face. Not every single time, but maybe this year. I know you've had some wins in the past. Yeah, but like you <clears throat> frequently, frequently. Yeah. It's, it's hard flipping... It's not easy. You have to be really tactical with, especially these days. But, you know, I think there's some really great pieces on the market. You know, the pieces that are more of the floor, I would say are a little bit samey and less impactful. But the one that Mm. is the most recently listed as of right now, which is number 383, or just under 0.6, 
you know, I think that there's a really stellar use of color and blending and transparency that makes it look really nice. It's like much more of um, a whimsical feel because mm. it's like very multicolored. It's not black and white. It doesn't feel as space station like as some of the other ones, which are like clean as hell. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of things that I like to look at, it's showing me that the floor pieces are floor pieces, but that there are still really nice ones to be had. Definitely one like that one, or also like 287 price just below it. I would definitely want something a little heavier on colored diversity in the palette. I mean, the monotone ones are nice, but those would be ones that I want as like my second or third one to fill yeah. out a set. If I'm only going to own one, I want something that has like more kind of just color and style to it. It depends on what else you, I mean, you have Coronados in your space. So once you get a 90 degree flipped <laughs> one, you'll just yeah. have to find one that pairs well with Coronado, right? Well, you know, the nice thing is that I can just right click and save and just test it out without even exactly. buying them. And I've done that. You broke bit. the system, man. I did. I'm, I've come full circle. Like, why do, why do I even need to own this stuff? I can just right click save it. What is the, the best thing that you've right click saved? Uh, well, I was going to save this from when we got to looking ahead, but friend of the show past podcast guest and collaborator Jerez has been teasing something. I got temporary access through a staging site that's been set up and I was just pulling down images to take a look on the frame. And even though they're portrait, the frame does a nice job of like doing faux matting on it. So it doesn't just look like weird. It, it actually looks presented properly. And the pieces that I took down just look great. So I'll be sharing those. We can put some of them actually in the show notes here too, and I'll tweet some out because we don't know anything about you know where that project's going to go or when it's coming out, but it looks super sick. And it seems to be getting a ton of love on social media too from what Cheris is yeah, sharing. Yeah, it's an amazing... I think we've seen some version of this you know, as late as many, many months ago. And I feel like it just gets Us, better yes, and better. Yeah. Us, yes. <laughs> yeah. The first preview is absolutely absurd. Yeah, and it's just getting better. So super excited for that one. That's just like generically in the looking ahead section right now. I tried pulling down a bunch of fields from first, but I didn't know some of the rules with like formatting the files for the frame and the frame wouldn't recognize them. So I have to do that exercise again. But that was the other one I wanted to throw up there because that one has some nice, very horizontal pieces. Yeah, definitely. I guess the other kind of top project from while we were gone is Interference from Faust. Which is the latest released on Tonic. Yeah, 236 pieces. This one went to the bottom tier of 0.01 with the free print and options for bigger and more expensive prints. I was feeling really good seeing this one mint out too because, you know, Faust has had some projects in FX Hash that haven't even minted out. And this is definitely compared to like the other artists that Tonic has done, like I would say a less well name, right, than like a Lars Wander mm -hmm. for sure. But the community there and just Faust fans in general came together, minted it out, and seems like people are enjoying their prints. And the project is really cool, to be honest. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like very different from what they've done in the past. I would say it's the inverse of escape in many senses. You know, just that very, I don't want to put the wrong era on this, but very 60s, 70s era vibe. Yeah, especially in some of the, not just the colors, but some of the shapes too, and just the way it all comes together. But this project does seem like one that screams to be printed. And I can see how they might have come across this. You know, I, I don't know what their process is for recruiting or getting people, but I'm sure the team there saw this and they must have immediately thought like these are going to make insane prints. 
Like, yeah. that's what they do. So, and it's risograph print available. Yeah. Yeah. Which is relatively new, it was created in the 80s, similar to like a mimeograph machine. I saw some people talking about how difficult it is to actually pull off a risograph process, especially when you're doing multiple colors like this, especially the multiple colored ones are like the most desirable, it seems, too. So, I just thought this one was really nice. People seem to really love it. I didn't see anything negative happening. And Tonic is kind of up there, starting to get up there, at least in the quality of yeah, their brand. I, I think they definitely found their niche, as I would say, like maybe a luxury product where everything is great. You know what you're getting. And, you know, there's scarcity in terms of the number of projects that they release. They release less frequently than Artbox curated. Yeah. And less frequently than Verse and pretty much everywhere right now. It's like almost like, it feels like it's six to eight weeks between their releases. Mm-hmm. I think that there's very low flipping, you know, people who are buying are buying to hold and buying to keep. There was a little bit of flipping and trading on this one because there are definitely people who wanted those more colorful ones, but that's kind of typical, right? With a project that's popular is that people mint and they're like, ah, oh, I wish I'd have one like this. And then they do an AJ Bernie and, and sell <laughs> and then buy one sell more expensive. Sell to buy one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I can't wait to see what else Tonic has up their sleeves and just you know, making sure that they're continuing to bring the people in and great artists. And you know, I think that they're like that quiet dark horse. If we ever get someone from Tonic on, which I thought I was actually really close to securing, but now that now I'm, we're being ghosted. So if we ever get someone from Tonic on, we can totally ask them, like, what has our experience been like, right? Bringing people in, just like we talked to Jamie from Verse about. Interesting thing is like, if you look at their site, every employee listed there is a woman. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Women founded and pretty much entirely women staff. So I think that's a cool angle too to talk about in an interview. We just name dropped AJ Bernie. Should we talk about the Tender collab? Well, not collab. It was kind of like a Tender published project <laughs> from Frank Carta. To be fair, I will say I completely missed this. It happened and then I was like, oh, this happened many days ago. But yeah, let's chat about it. And this is another project that was really solely on Tender. Yeah, I think it's the second project that has been released on Tender as a platform, the first being the architecture collab from earlier in the summer. This is with Crankarta, but unlike other Tender collabs, this is uh, some collaboration and advisement, but more it was like Crankarta decided to, to put it here on Tender, which is cool. It was going to go to FX hash, right? But there were just issues some with the technical preview. issues, maybe? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't remember what it was. The whole story but all i know is end up on tender it's a really really cool piece kind of building on this style that we've seen crank carter sharing on social media a lot of this kind of like blended kind of out of focus colors i feel like it's slightly kind of watercolory yeah. in many respects you know which is you know been their most recent work on fx hash with gamal and aquarelle yeah i feel like it started there and it's just kind of progressing and pushing i'm seeing a similar style also in the piece coming up on alba this week but you know me. If I'll take an abstract piece over a landscape, I'm, I'm much more in, into you. Um, this Never. project, yeah, me. <laughs> I'm much more into of that ilk of his projects in this style right now. It minted out. It went pretty low. I think it went under 0.01. I, f- I forget. I think it was rendering as like, zero on the front end. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's because of rounding like errors. The, yeah, the rounding, but I, I think the resting price was 0.006 or something like that. It minted out, not like immediately, but it minted out. And I think the outputs are insanely good. And I've been kind of watching the secondary. It's hovering around like 0.015, I think. And that's pretty affordable on ETH. Like that's right around the area where stuff that is minting out tends to be minting out. 
what do you think of this one? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's like this really big difference in the pieces that are further away versus much more zoomed in and just really nice balance overall. And, you know, sometimes it's just more of that slight chaos, but sometimes you see these kind of these surprisingly clean breaks and patterns emerge, like with mm -hmm. number 70, you know, which is a nice contrast to some of the other ones that are in the collection. I like the ones that have a little bit more breathing room, to be honest. Honestly, I would recommend reading the editorial on sequence that's on Tender. Oh, yeah. I edited it and looked for a lot of images that were around bracelets and genetic code. The author provided them, but I just needed to find some higher resolution ones. And you know, really digging into that, it was great. Aurelian wrote it. There you go. You know, just all about these like composite patterns and things that just kind of exist in life. You know, sequence is like much more like the hard science of it. This is like the blurry interpretation of it and what, what matters and what stands out. And, yeah, uh, it's much more so ephemeral. Cool. Yeah. We'll definitely link that editorial in the show notes. And if you missed this project because it was published on Tender, first of all, go check it out on Tender because it's got some amazing, amazing outputs and diversity here. And then check out the secondary on OpenSea because it's extremely affordable. I'm going to continue watching it. Other shout outs this week. TVMOIF from Thomas Noya. We mentioned it already. This is the visible manifestation of invisible forces, an animated, interactive, epileptic triggering project uh, from Thomas here. Code based, not AI. So another a return to the P5 for him. Maybe somewhat ambitiously priced at 32 Tez, 256 editions, but it's slowly plugging away and minting out. And we both minted our reserves. What was your take on this one, Trinity? I really enjoyed this. You know, it is pretty computationally heavy. So even when I was looking at it on a device, it felt very stop motion-y to me, like the way it was rendering, but like in the best possible way. It didn't feel glitchy. It didn't feel slow. It felt very nostalgic. And so that part I loved where it's just like this slightly jarring emergent pattern that is both comforting and discomforting at the same time. You know, when I saw it, I knew I had to mint it. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of this one as well. I really enjoy the animation. It's kind of like Gerhard-ish yeah, in, in a way. Yeah, but less serene. It's definitely less face. serene, really in your face. Part of that's some of the colors that Thomas is using, but also just the way, like if you looked at just the stills, the thumbnails, you would have guessed, or at least I guessed initially, I was like, oh, it's like uh, another AI project. Because it feels like those like dithered, glitchy mm -hmm. AI things yeah. Yeah, that, that he's pretty well known for at this point. Then I click through and it animates and I'm like, well, wait, what's he doing? And then it's like, wait, this is like P5. This is all code. Mm -hmm. So I think he did a really, really cool job, like really capturing a lot of the aesthetic of what he achieves in his AI work here. And then adding that element of it's constantly like drawing and composing itself and coming up with new images. Mm -hmm. You can pause it if you find something that you like and, and save a still. So big fan of this one i also minted one outside of the reserve that i got so i've got two and kind of surprised to see it hasn't minted out yet you know 32 tez is starting to feel like a lot these days but this is a great project and thomas is an artist i think a lot of people who are still around at least know and respect so yeah thomas is fantastic there's definitely some minor similarity to the work done in a fortiori but taken to the absolute max you know, you're not animating a line. You're just animating a whole emotion that's punching you in the face repeatedly. 
there have been two secondary sales total, and right now there are none listed. <laughs> there you go. So people who have minted are not trying to dump it. It's still available for 32 Tez. I imagine he'll take away the reserve soon and fully open that up. So if you're into animated work, go check this one out. Another shout out here this week, The Source on GM Dow. This is a new release from them. I We haven't really been tracking or talking about GM Dow too much, but I wanted to shout this one out because it was a collaboration by two FX hash folks we know, Camille Rue and Matthew Sigret, who you might remember yeah. from doing those kind of like light box. Yes. Yeah. I feel like we heard a year ago that they were working on a collaboration. We've been seeing some of these outputs for a long time, I feel. Definitely from New Year's or earlier. Yeah. I feel like we saw the earliest stuff on Camille's Twitter at least. And the project's come a really, really long way. There's a blind submission process in GM Dow, and they submitted it. I don't actually know anything about GM Dow, so we got to add that one to the list. But all this is to say, they put this really cool project out called The Source. Amazing watercolor stylings here from the two of them. And it's about one third minted at a 0.25 ETH asking price right now on the GM Studio site. So, And to be clear, this is open to everybody. You don't need to be a member. Right. I don't know if there was any benefit. Maybe you would have gotten it cheaper for being a pass holder, but as of right now, it looks like anyone can mint it. Super nice, cool, kind of September-y, but a little more graphic design-y. I don't know. Like what, mm-hmm. It's what's similar your take to on like this? that uh, Mapan drop on tonic in some ways. Yeah. A little bit like that too. Just a super nice project and it's just really tasteful, well executed. Like You can see the year's worth of work or so that went into this. Definitely. It would have been great on FX Ash too. Yeah, right. I think people would have gone nuts for it. Probably wouldn't have sold it like the equivalent of 0.25. <laughs> no, no. I think uh, there's definitely an ETH premium for sure. Yeah, 100%. Great job. But speaking of ETH premiums, this last shout out we have is Liminal Rooms by Lisa Orth, uh, which came out on Alba this week. Lisa is constantly working with new platforms and experimenting. And this is very much her, but with a really expanded color palette to be honest you know it's some of her traditional like line work and the way that she has things arcing out yeah i was trying to think earlier which lisa piece this most reminded me of i think it's astral loom maybe or angular variations or maybe a combination yeah, of the two the kind of a little bit of ask me about the dimensional shift a little bit of that in there but that's more curvy and this one's more right angles and true straight lines definitely feels like she's kind of continuing to push that style that she's been developing yeah. since those early FX hash days. Definitely agreed. Love some of the colors and contrasts you're getting. I could have one. seen this being a collaboration between Lisa and Alicia, just based off of number eight. Oh yeah. <laughs> With that pink in there. Yeah. yeah against that the yellow. White, yeah. It sure. looks like your quilt. Or even like this one that they have here though, like in the sample, just the, the first one thumbnail for the project. Collaborator guesses. I mean, I could have also seen this being like a Lisa X Iskra. Yeah, collab. definitely. There's something about like the fuzziness of that and the emphasis of color and texture. The, the that use feels of very line Iskra. and just like things disappearing into space. So really, really nice project. Not getting a ton of traction on the minting front. It's 0.0375 ETH, which is like 70-ish bucks we calculated, right? Which is reasonable. Which is reasonable for sure. And I don't know what gas is right now, but even so, I kind of expected there to be more takers and maybe this one will find more action over the weekend or something as people find it because we know about Alba, but maybe the greater gen art ecosystem isn't as aware of them. Yeah. I mean, and this is also Lisa coming off of her art blocks release. So right. She's definitely known to the ether community at this point as well. So 
And you know, most importantly, this one's in landscape. <laughs> there you go. Well, honestly, a lot of her projects are in landscape. Just that's true. I need get, to go look. ask me about the dimensional shift and shift those dimensions. Well, well, you know, the one I own the most of and I like the most is uh, Angular Variations, and that one's Portrait. But this one would really fit. So maybe I will, if I can find a little more ETH, consider minting one or see if anything hits the secondary because this would look great on the frame. We got to continue with this episode. It's been a big one. Yep. I got to pack up for Montreal. Let's finish strong. Let's say we're looking ahead to Fold from Roxanne. Yep. That's coming to Grailers Down soon. They ran a really cool contest two weeks ago across a bunch of different collecting communities, including Tender, where people were given access to the, a website where you could flip the project and come up with outputs and do like community voting. And those are all going to be curated outputs that are going to be given. So that was a really cool kind of like viral marketing buzz building thing that I think was super mm -hmm. successful for the project. We don't know the timing. We don't know the pricing, but it's been a long time since there's been a long form Roxanne and it looks insane. It's so good. Like, how does he keep doing it? <laughs> and it's so different. You know, I think that's, that's the big one. It really is. Innovation after innovation. But at the same time, knowing that it's him, it does just so feel like a Roxanne piece. Maybe it's because we've been seeing him share them for a while that I just associate with him, but it, it doesn't feel like off-brand even though it is so, even though all his work is so different, right? It's a really big movement away from like the bingos and the ticks, you know, and like those little glyphs that also show up in the project on verse. So completely different direction in that respect, even if it's starting to feel familiar. I wonder if he submitted this to Artblocks because this feels like a piece that could have, you know, made it through the curation committee. Who knows? I wonder if there's a story there. I'm sure we can find out from him offline. But congrats to Grailers. I mean, this is a great get for them. I think some portion of it will be public. So even if you're not in Grailers, you'll still be able to mint this one. But I would guess it's probably going to be in that similar price range uh, as the Camille piece, like maybe 0.25 or maybe even more. I don't I think it's going to be super cheap. It's definitely a new direction and it's long form, unlike Hypnagogic. So it's really cool. Just flipping through made me all the more bullish on the project and just seeing how many great outputs there were definitely seen some sentiment that they wish it was collector curated i could totally see that working for this project too wow, but, but that is verse verse is the only people who they're doing that for the most part for now yeah that we know of it's coming in august so it could be coming sooner than we know yeah what else are we looking forward to we've already talked about jeras as something that we're looking forward to twice over yes right and we've also already mentioned the strange skies exhibition coming up on alba you know with all those the artists that we've already mentioned but definitely will be worth keeping an eye on just to see all of the outputs and all of the, the landscapey type things. <laughs> and I think also just to continue to do a pulse check on the health of open generative platforms on ETH. Yeah. The only other one I put in here was a new one from Patak Paulo. We last talked about them for the Verse release, the massive and pretty inexpensive collector curated drop that distantly like 900 individual outputs. They have a new piece up that looks kind of reminiscent to some of the stuff that they had done on FX Hash last year. The more like painterly shape study stuff, trying to get those brush strokes down. And this one's a cool pile of colorful squiggles that just looks really cool and fun and excited to see where it goes. So just putting that in the looking forward to Bucket as well. And yeah, I think that does it, Trinity. Oof. You got a big weekend ahead of you. You got, I'm sure, some driving, some packing, some family stuff. How's it feel to be back? A little bit weird, a little bit surreal. It's weird when you kind of step away from something for a little bit and then you discovered that it just keeps on moving without you. 
<laughs> yeah, the whole ecosystem. Yeah, moving slowly to be fair, but <laughs> yeah. you know, there's a lot to catch up on. We are truly just a rounding error on top of a rounding error in this whole machine. It was good to hear from people saying they were excited, a few people saying they were excited for us to come back and hope everyone enjoys this. And I'm glad we came back. I don't know. There there were definitely some some points where I was like, maybe we won't come back. I don't I don't know about <laughs> you, but you know, some especially busy days with, with the baby and taking advantage of weekends. And I was like, ah. Yeah. I wonder what Trinity's thinking right now. I wonder if she's thinking maybe we won't come back. <laughs> I'm thinking about sales platforms. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're thinking. <laughs> and enabling sales reps. Oh, good. To sell shit. So that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> sales enablement. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it for this one. Get packing. Get on those notes. And we'll be back again soon with another episode. Later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.